This podcast is a conversation by Julie Benetti and Susan Barbro and is a production of VI Alliance Copyright 2019. And this chart-busting hit, Alone Leave Me, courtesy of New Threads, is available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie Benetti, and I am here with Jacques St. Pierre. And we are in Quebec City, and we are all ready to talk about the Chateau Frontenac. You are a historian of Quebec City, yes? Yeah. Historian since 1981, I think. Oh wow, that's a lot of history. I'm an old historian. <laughs> no, no, that means you have a lot of knowledge, which yes, is great. Yes, about yeah. Quebec City. Yeah, Quebec City. But my uh, first passion, I must say, is uh, agriculture history. But I like also very much my city. Quebec is my city. My mother lived a part of her life in Quebec and uh, I think it's uh, in my blood. <laughs> yes. And Quebec City is a very beautiful city. Yeah. And yeah. it has the flavor of Europe. Yeah. And it has beautiful French and beautiful architecture and I know the Chateau Frontenac always captures my attention every time I visit. It's uh, mostly I think the the site of the of the building yes more the site than than the building when uh, Samuel de Champlain uh, came to Quebec City he is the founder of the, of the city he, he was uh, I think we we can say he was seduced by the site ah. it's a, a platform and the the river is narrow mm-hmm. and at at that time in the 17th century, the, the fact that the, there was a platform and a, a narrow river, he, he has the idea to, to build a fortification to protect the the entry of uh-huh. the uh, North America, of the North America, because the St. Lawrence River is a very long uh, river. Right. And uh, at that time, the, it was the the highway to the center of the continent. Ah. Quebec was a, an interesting site and it was a strategic site okay. also. And Samuel de Champlain built little fortification in 1620 and he, he lived there for a certain period of time. And this building was where we saw now the Terrasse du Frein. Oh, right, okay. The boardwalk. The boardwalk, right. yeah. And after him, Champlain was a governor, the mm-hmm. first governor, in fact, Quebec City, the Quebec Post, which uh, was the beginning of the, uh, all, the Canada. Right. And uh, Champlain lived in the... It's, it, it was more a fortification than a castle. When another governor, at the end of the 17th century, Louis de Buade, Comte de Frontenac, right. this period, the site was transformed for a little fortification into a kind of palace. It was a, a real palace like we saw in France at the same time. At, at that time, Louis XIV, Louis the, the 14th, the was 14th. the son king of the <laughs> France, and Louis de Buade, Comte de Frontenac, was a inspired by the kid and he built big building which is the ancestor I say of the Chateau Frontenac. Uh-huh. The, the, the name of the Chateau Frontenac was chosen because of, of the governor Frontenac. That's interesting. I wonder how many people know that. They <laughs> wonder why not. <laughs> no, no. So this year is the big 
celebration yeah. of it yeah. being 125 years yeah. old. There has been a big celebrations for the century in 1993. At this time, they publish a, a book for the celebration. Uh, many activities uh, take place uh, Uh, and I know that I looked up because I know when I go home I have a lot of photographs mm -hmm. and I noticed that it's said to be the most photographed yes, place in North America, yeah, right? Yeah. In uh, the Chateau uh, was a, an hotel. Mm -hmm. the, the Chateau before 1893 were official residences and in 1893 the Canadian Pacific Railway which has built the railway from Atlantic to Pacific ah, Ocean, okay. were interested in having a luxury hotel on the ancient site of the Castle St. Louis, which was at that time simply uh, a ruins because the old building burned in 1834. And the manager of the CPR, which was an American, Sir Cornelius Van Horn, oh. he was from Illinois. He wanted to build the most talk about hotel on ah, the continent. <laughs> cool, okay. I think he succeeded. He succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting because I did some research because I said I should know something. I see it all the time and I love it and I walk around it and we walk on the boardwalk and uh, they have a lot of events and they're sometimes selling books and CDs and they have little mini, not festivals, but just things going on there. Yeah, there has been uh, some parties. They had presented a concert. Oh, really? A special okay. concert by a pianist from Quebec. is uh, well-known in Japan. Oh, wow, okay. His name is Steve Barakat. Oh, He wow. He has a, <laughs> the little house in the corner of Côte de la Montagne. And it's funny because every time I think of the boardwalk, I think it could be beautiful or very windy when you're yeah. up there. You can see the Ile d'Orléans, yeah. the island, and across Levis. from... Right, Levis. Across from Quebec City. We have a panoramic view yes. of the region. And you can see the, the mountains to the north, yeah. the ski mountains, I guess. Right? Yeah, and Mount saint -Anne. Hey, Julie, do you remember the old Tootsie Roll Pop commercial? It's how many bites does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? Oh, yes. Okay, you do remember that. How many rings does it take to get someone to answer the door on Halloween? Depends on if you have candy or not. Well, how many clicks does it take to get the Halloween trivia ebook? Just a one. Just a one. Get yours today. All right, I gotta share. Full disclosure here. You folks are missing the best part, because when I shut the recorder, Susan goes into the color commentary. <laughs> you know, this is amazing. She's not just in the energy, but then she comes out and she's coaching it. How was that? That was good. Let's go for more. I tend to be a quiet, introverted person. And you know what? Oh, you God. always know you're getting our full selves in these podcasts and these books. So what are you waiting for? Spotify? Amazon, don't be listening to me. Go! Choo-choo! <laughs> And so I found it fascinating that it was, what, the Canada Railway that took that on. I, I, but you filled in why, because I didn't think about it going from one end of the country to the yeah, other. Yeah, the Canada was built by the railroad. Ah, by the railroad, okay. Yeah. Hmm, it, that's fascinating. It unites the, the, the railroad made the country from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Oh. Before that, that was regions inhabited by uh, Indian uh, tribes. Ah, right, okay. And, uh, buffaloes in the West. Right, right, of course, <laughs> right. 
Okay, that would make sense. So I saw a lot of archaeology digs there a, yeah. a few years back. Was there another site that was there or something? That's or was there... the, the ruins of the St. Louis Castle, the first oh. residence of the governor. The chateau is, is not on the exact site of the castle. It's in retreat from the original building. The castle was near the edge of the rock. Oh, really? Of the mountain? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so the original yeah. was probably right on the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And the, what is now the terrace was just the little gallery of the castle. Oh, okay. That, that's why I couldn't understand why there was a dig going on in the yeah. terrace. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know if there's an answer to this. Was there a reason why they moved it back for safety? Or? That's a very good question uh. because uh, there has been some accidents on the terrace because the soil was not so secure for... Right. Maybe it's a reason for... Well, so I was looking up, I did the kind of English version translations into mm-hmm. feet rather than metric, but I mean, it's 262 feet, and it's a big, massive building. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're on the terrace, I mean, you're on the edge of the... <laughs> yeah. You're on the edge of the cliff, you look yeah, yeah. over, and it's... I put that <laughs> the word I was looking for. Oh, the edge of the yeah. cliff, yes, yes. <laughs> and you don't think about it, you see it, and it's beautiful, and it's a beautiful boardwalk, yeah. and it's beautiful wood and yet it's windy and you look over and you're right there you can look somewhat you can look down into petit champlain yeah petit champlain right that's a very nice place the most beautiful place in quebec i think yeah there's a little bit of everything on the street yeah and of course i love the funiculaire yeah someday i will write a story about that (laughs) that's interesting so, are there any strange or interesting stories about the chateau? There's uh, many, many important people. Did they stay, or did stay, they stay, they stay? At, at the chateau from the beginning to now? Uh, many are prime ministers and right. uh, kings, and for example, Chiang Kai-shek, Roosevelt, Churchill, the Trudeaus, the Trudeaus, <laughs> yeah. Grace de Monaco, but there are some who are not so well-known, like Louis Chevrolet, for example, of the car builder, okay. which was of Swiss origin, and uh, Louis Chevrolet came in Quebec in uh, 1901, and his destination was Montreal. He came from Swiss in a big ship, he stopped in Quebec. And he saw the Chateau Frontenac. And he traveled to Montreal and uh, stayed uh, for a while in Montreal. And then he moved to uh, the United States and became a specialist of the automobile industry at the beginning. Oh, wow. And he built cars okay. for the Indy 500. Oh, the Indy 500? Really? Okay. His uh, car was named Frontenac. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> Yeah, and he was associated with GM, General Motors. Oh, General Motors, really? Oh, wow. There are many old cars that have French names. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't think of that. Cadillac is a French name. Oh, it is? I didn't know that. That came from Lamotte Cadillac, which is the founder of Detroit City. Oh, okay. And he was a Frenchman, and uh, there's many others. So he was impressed with the Frontenac, obviously. Yeah, as, yeah sure. So now I've heard Celine Dion has been there. Celine and, Dion, yeah. Uh, Paul McCartney. 
Yeah, has stayed there, and let me see who has President Trump stayed there. Probably not. <laughs> President Reagan. President Reagan stayed yeah. there, and is it a rumor or is it true that Alfred Hitchcock was there for a movie? Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock did a movie. I think it's I Confess. Maybe, I Confess. Or yeah, okay. he shot a certain part of the film in the chateau. Other parts were in Hollywood, but we could recognize some sites in the chateau all around. So now I've been into different parts of the chateau, but not on a tour or anything, but you can take a tour, right? Yeah. Are there any interesting stories? I mean, especially in the month of October, you know, I have to ask, <laughs> are there any strange ghosts or uh, anything that <laughs> travels through the chateau? There's a dog that's a mascot, right? Is that true? Uh, yeah, there's a, the golden dog. The golden dog is a long story. <laughs> It's not in the chateau, it's near the chateau. In the chateau, there's a stone, an old stone of the castle Saint Louis. This stone bears a symbol of Malta order. Oh, Malta order. Because one of the governors who live in the Saint Louis castle, in fact, the second one after Samuel de Champlain, he was the governor de Montmagny, and he was from the Malta order. Oh, okay. And he integrated in the building stone, and when they Build the Chateau Fontenac. They recovered this stone and they put it in one of the arch at the entry of the chateau, but was from the castle. So I know, especially at this time here in Quebec City, not to go outside of the Chateau Fontenac, but they have what Les Promenades Fantôme. There's yeah, a lot of yeah, tours yeah, yeah, going yeah, on, the yeah. ghost tours in the yeah, city, yeah, yeah. and I see a lot of characters dressed up in makeup and with their lanterns. Yeah, and they are inspired more by New France period. Ah, by the life around the castle. Did the castle always have the specifics? It's 262 feet. It has 18 floors. Yeah. And like 611 guest rooms. Yeah. I mean, was it always functioning or was there like a group of people living there? Yeah. At the beginning, the first castle has only 170 rooms. The castle is big now, but there has been three expansions of the building. And the main tower is the last of this expansion projects. And But when the chateau was a little hotel, there has been a certain amount of people who live there permanently. Are they caretakers or are they cleaners? Yeah, a part of the residents were working at the chateau. But there was also some families who lived there all the year, or a part of the year. Some have <laughs> houses along the St. Lawrence and they live there in summer and when in October for example they came back to Quebec and they stayed in the chateau for all the winter oh that's fascinating because in the winter the chateau was a social place all the people of the Bunch Society the Quebec like to go to the chateau to eat or to listen to music there were concerts a very intense social activity in the chateau at the beginning uh, later the chateau was adopted by American tourists and the proportion of tourists compared to people from Quebec was different. That's interesting. So it was like a long-term stay yeah. hotel for residents. Yeah, yeah. And At then the beginning. tourists came. Yeah, there has been always tourists. The hotel was built to attract tourists in Quebec City and it succeeded because many people... At the beginning, it was from the Ontario 
Ontario province and other provinces in Canada and from Montreal City. And after when the mean of transportation evolves to rail to cars, it was easy to people from East Coast of the United States to come to Quebec. And Chateau Frontenac was one of the main attractions of the province and of all the Canada. So today, does it hold a special feeling even more? The Chateau Frontenac is an icon of Quebec. It is a symbol. Many people think that the Chateau Frontenac is the parliament of Quebec mm. City. It's a power site. It inspired the force. It's it's kind of like a beacon of inspiration and excitement. And you, yeah. you look as coming from the yeah. U.S., I look at it and you go, it's, wow. It's very impressive. Yes. It's very impressive. Hi, this is Julie here with Susan, and I have to ask you, what's one of the favorite books that we've written together? Which one would you say? My favorite would be Energetic Invocations, mm. because you tricked me into writing it, <laughs> and it wrote itself, and I just was grateful to be a part of it. I like all the books we've written. We've had so much fun, but that's probably my favorite. What you know, you? I agree with you. I love Energetic Invocations, and I love the invocations because they're really powerful, and I love the way it slides into the Endra book. So the Endra scripts is really fun as well. So I agree with you. Yep. Awesome. So Julie, we wrote 10 plays of the Endra scripts. Yes. Do they seem believable to you? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? They're a hoot. I relive them most of the time. <laughs> but they're not traditional magic scripts. No, they're not. It's real magic based and in energy. It's cool stuff. And everybody can do it. That's right. Everybody can. Susan, what? This Kabbalion podcast is great, but it's kind of sort of like we're in a class. I know. So how can you learn more if you're in a class and you're kind well, of I listening guess, along? Well, the only way that you know what you're getting is to be tested. Oh, sometimes the way a question is asked, you might be surprised at what you think the answer is, but then, hmm, actually, ah, so it has to be a fun test well, in it the has energy. To, it has to be a test that makes you think. It's mm. not a rote A equals B equals C, and that's it. You memorize. So, any suggestions? Yeah, actually, I found a book, a quiz on the Kabbalion. It's like trivia, but better. Ooh. And it's an ebook. Is it on Amazon? It's on Amazon, and you could get it for like practically nothing. I'm going to get it now. I love it. When we come to Quebec by the river yeah. from the east, it's the first thing we see. Mm. And it's uh, all the buildings who were built on this side gave the same impression. The architects of Quebec were conscious of mm -hmm. the nature of this site and all the buildings are built on the platform of Quebec, are made to be looked by the river and to give an impression of solidity and that's the kind of image of the country of the country right wow that makes sense that's an interesting way to put it because if you're in a ship yeah and you're coming this way i mean it's a kind of decor yes it's a thing to, yeah. to impress the visitor yes it's funny because it's probably not the right comparison but the statue of liberty almost the seems like thing. the same, the same it thing. comes in the same thing yeah the chateau frontenac is just expands yeah, around yeah. the whole part of the same i never thought of that as you're yeah. looking and there's a, a little building in the old port which has a dome on it 
near the restaurant Café du Monde. Okay. It's uh, l'édifice de la douane. 100 years ago, this building was, before the château, this building was the first building the immigrants and the tourists saw when they come to Quebec. Oh. And it, this building is conceived with this idea also, like Liberty Statue. Oh, that's interesting. Because if I walk down that street by the Panache Hotel here, yeah. it shows the different time periods of where the water was yeah. from yeah. the St. Lawrence. And I always think, wow, this area was all underwater. <laughs> so what could you see? Yet there you turn and there's the Chateau Frontenac. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the charm of Quebec. That's a picture to impress, but it also expressed the nature of Quebec, I think, mm. and of the province too. And when we talk about the Chateau Frontenac, it's a mixed influence of French and English for the American. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, this is more of a historical question, but in the old days, I know you said residents came and stayed long-term, residents of the area, mm -hmm. and the St. Lawrence Yet at the lower level of the chateau, there's restaurants. Yeah. Were those all there? It was uh, different. The older part of the chateau is the one which is uh, along the terrace. The first restaurants were there. And okay. they, they are still there. And the people stay, have uh, suites, which were rather small, maybe uh, okay. two rooms. But they live partly in the common rooms at the ground level. There was uh, restaurants but also a pool table uh, oh, really? yeah, and a room to read. Oh, a room. like a reading room, a yeah, library? Yeah, yeah, a library, uh, yeah. Because now there's little shops and... Yeah, it's different mm. now. But at that time, it was a living place. Mm. And it's still a living place, but at another scale. Right. And so the really the energy of the Chateau Frontenac exhibits kind of the energy of the city and yeah. the culture and yeah. the people and and thus yeah. is why it's maybe on like 80% of the pictures of calendars and you can see it through the seasons. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Chateau Frontenac. We saw the chateau on many, many pictures and mm. it's really an icon of it. Quebec. And there isn't another like it. There isn't anything like it at all. No, not in Quebec, but in Canada. Banff Springs Hotel is similar in certain aspect to uh, Chateau Frontenac, but Banff is not a big city. Right. And yeah. there's uh, the mountains, Rockies Mountain. But this is also an hotel which is very often photographed. Is there anything else you'd like to share about the Chateau Frontenac? <laughs> no other strange stories? or no. tales. Sometimes I always have a question because when I see it at night, it's beautiful, yet sometimes it's multicolored or there's not a design, but I don't know if that's symbolic. The month of October is devoted to breast cancer. Breast that's cancer why awareness. lights are on the chateau and other buildings. The chateau is a very attractive and has a very intense activities during the Christmas and the Christmas Eve and for the winter festival. Yeah, for the carnival. In fact, the first carnival, the Chateau Frontenac, was very active in the first 
Windsor Carnival in 1894, the year before. The chateau opened in 1893 in December, and the first carnival took place in January or February. Of the next year? Yeah, and it was the center of activity. The publicity talked about the chateau. Later, the chateau became winter station for a winter sports station. They recruit a specialist from Lake Placid and in 1924, maybe 25, and he came to Quebec to offer activities like ski, sleighing, sledding, sledding, skating. And skating. Now it's in the mountains around Quebec City, but at that time, the first lessons of ski were alongside the chateau. Well, that's funny, the first lessons of ski. The most dangerous place to ski yeah. right there, <laughs> along the, the terrace. <laughs> the, the hill, but right. on the other side. In some winters, I've seen they have the toboggan run. Yeah. They pack the snow in. And, yeah, that's pretty fun. The first Tobagan rides were before the building of the chateau, but after the construction of the chateau. That was an activity very important. How the publicity advertising in the newspaper showed the chateau and the slide. And the slide. That's a funny comparison. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you. This has been very interesting. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this production from EI Alliance. Check out our Amazon authors pages for books and podcasts. Find New Threads music and their latest album on iTunes, Spotify, and newthreads.us.